Good morning. My name is Steve Jasper. I'm a member of the Sunday Services team and the worship associate for this morning's service. Know that we are happy to have you with us, either in the sanctuary or from home, whether you are a longtime member or whether this is your first time joining us. We know you come here for different reasons, to find community among others, to seek your own spiritual truths, to nurture your heart and soul, to explore new ideas, to find comfort, or simply out of curiosity. Whatever your reasons for coming, we hope that you will find comfort, connection, and love here. This morning, we are continuing our series of spiritual journeys. Over the years, I've enjoyed listening to members and friends as they share their own personal journeys. The pathways which brought all of us here to UUCCI are so very different, fascinating in their own way. But beyond the enjoyment of listening to a good story, these spiritual journeys invariably cause me to reflect on my own journey and maybe learn a little bit about myself. Today, we will hear from Sandra Bolte, who currently serves as past president on our board of trustees, having served as our board president on two separate occasions. Sandra is grateful for the day in January of 1993 when she discovered this congregation. She came to Columbus in 1981 to work for Cummins. She fell in love with Columbus and J. Erwin Miller's influence. She loves living among people from all over the world. The size of Columbus has made it easy to get involved and have a real impact on our city. She has served on many boards. She was one of the founders of Pride Alliance. She ran for public office twice and served on our city planning commission and is currently serving on the Human Rights Commission. She retired from Cummins in 2013 and currently loves being a volunteer for Team Rubicon Disaster Response. She is especially proud to be certified as a trainer and a sawyer for Team Rubicon. Sandra's hobbies include sewing, woodworking, baking, drawing, running, gardening, singing, hiking, traveling, and any time she can grab with her daughters and grandkids. She is now learning art welding. I very much look forward to hearing from Sandra. I was going to die sooner or later, whether or not I had even spoken myself. My silences had not protected me. Your silences will not protect you. What are the words you do not have yet? What are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you will sicken and die of them, still in silence? We have been socialized to respect fear more than our own need for language. I began to ask each time, what's the worst that could happen to me if I tell this truth? Unlike women in other countries, our breaking silence is unlikely to have us jailed, disappeared, or run off the road at night. Our speaking out will irritate some people, get us called bitchy or hypersensitive, and disrupt some dinner parties. And then our speaking out will permit other women to speak, 
until laws are changed and lives are saved and the world is altered forever. Next time ask, what's the worst that will happen? Then push yourself a little further than you dare. Once you start to speak, people will yell at you. They will interrupt you, put you down, and suggest it's personal, and the world won't end. And the speaking will get easier and easier, and you will find you have fallen in love with your own vision, which you may never have realized you had. And you will lose some friends and lovers and realize you don't miss them. And new ones will find you and cherish you. And you will still flirt and paint your nails, dress up and party, because as I think Emma Goldman said, if I can't dance, I don't wanna be part of your revolution. And at last you'll know with surpassing certainty that only one thing is more frightening than speaking your truth, and that is not speaking. We are one, a diverse group of proudly kindred spirits here, not by coincidence, but because we choose to journey together. We are active and proactive. We care deeply. We live our love as best we can. We are one, working, eating, laughing, playing, singing, storytelling, sharing and rejoicing, getting to know each other, taking risks, opening up, questioning, seeking, searching, trying to understand, struggling, making mistakes, paying attention, asking questions, listening, living our answers, learning to love our neighbors, learning to love ourselves, apologizing and forgiving with humility, being forgiven through grace, creating the beloved community together. We are one. We have cleared off the table, the leftovers saved, washed the dishes and put them away. I have told you a story and tucked you in tight at the end of your knockabout day. As the moon sets its sails to carry you to sleep over the midnight sea, I will sing you a song no one sang to me, may keep you good company. You can be anybody that you want to be, you can go whoever you will. You can travel any country that your wild heart beats and know I will love you still. You can live by yourself, you can gather friends around, you can choose one special one. And the only measure of your words and your deeds will be the love you leave behind when you're
informed my spirituality my whole life. I was born a tomboy, much to my parents' chagrin. I tried hard to be what they wanted me to be, to please them. I just couldn't figure out what that was. It never came naturally to know girl things they expected of me. It was clear that I was a disappointment to them. I loved running and playing outside, especially in the creek behind our house in New Albany, Indiana. I got wet and dirty. I was never comfortable in the dresses I had to wear to school and church and anywhere we went. I found that as excelling as a student was the best I could do to ease my way. So my early life was spent trying to do what pleased the people around me and shutting down any inner voice. I didn't have a name for it, but I knew I was gay and also knew that was terrible and not okay with anyone. Living in Fort Lauderdale when I was 10, I noticed that people there treated Cuban and Puerto Rican people the same way the people in Indiana treated black people. I learned about civil rights as a teenager from our priest who spoke out and went to marches and from watching Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on TV. I started going to, march, to marches when I turned 18. The images and influences stay with me always. No surprise, I was engaged to a man at age 18. My parents were delighted and it looked like I was finally getting a hang, getting a hang of this life thing. 
but when it came down to it, I couldn't do it. Linda Ronstadt had a song out at the time, Different Drum. It gave me courage to stop the charade, and I did. I went to IU in Bloomington at age 20. I saw my first real live gay people when they spoke to my psychology class. In that classroom, I made myself as small as I could get and worked hard to make it look like I was not that interested. But my heart was racing like I had never noticed before. When a person grows up black or brown in our society, they usually have their parents to tell them that they are good and beautiful and counter the hatred white society puts on them. Being gay is different. Most times, the greatest threat comes from our parents and family. Every gay kid worries their parents will throw them out. I never had the nerve to take that chance. I was Catholic, and it was pretty clear how the church felt. There was no one to talk to, so I hid it well, or at least I thought I did. While going to college, I spent my summers working at CYO camps in Brown County. I was 21 the first time I went to camp and immediately felt at home for the first time in my life. We taught the girl campers to question and break powerful social norms, restrict, restricting their gender roles. This was empowering to all of us. We taught them wilderness survival skills and to honor the earth. They were given many opportunities to learn leadership and we had fun with abandon these were my people and still are some of my closest friends. I worked many jobs to pay my way while going to IU. I studied art, psychology, and religions of the world. I tutored math, I taught at the deaf school, waited tables, and worked at Catholic Social Services running a food co-op. One Saturday while making food deliveries, my girlfriend and I were beat up and called queers and faggots. I decided that I not needed to not be gay anymore. I concluded, they will kill you. When I found myself pregnant at 23, my developing spirituality guided me to get married and give it my all. Jonathan and I lived at CYO Camp Christina as caretakers. We had no money, but we had 160 acres to care for and enjoy. We were hippie parents and mostly lived off the land. I learned to garden and can. Sometimes we didn't have running water and had to use an outhouse. One super cold winter, we had to carry our toilet seat to the outhouse or your skin would stick to the cold wood. I learned how strong and capable I really was. I found my ability to love was far beyond anything I could have imagined. I found I was able to commit everything to being a mother and thoroughly enjoyed learning from and growing with Sasha and Hannah. It was certainly not a path I would have consciously chosen, but what did I know? It suited me well, and I have loved every minute of it, really, even the hard parts. I was able to be deliberate in my parenting choices and had clear opinions about what my parents did wrong, I'm sure. Sasha and Hannah do too. Being married to a man was not so easy though. I stuck with it for 10 years because of the girls, 
After years of suicidal thoughts, I left the marriage. I earned an MBA and took a job at Cummins to be able to support the girls. My first 20 years there, Cummins fired people they thought might be gay. It was a daily challenge to hide my secret. Being on high alert with water cooler talk about the weekend, being careful not to let anyone know that I had a partner, losing a partner and not being able to show anything, debating every morning about how I dressed that day. When Cummins announced domestic partner benefits, I was in a 15-year committed marriage to a woman and came out at work and in the Republic. Not everyone at Cummins was as liberal as our CEO. The community showed just how righteous and Christian they were through a month of letters to the editor and rallies in the street outside Cummins headquarters. I had many gigs at Cummins, but my favorite was the last half of my career. I was the ethics director. Among other things, I was able to intervene for employees who were being bullied or harassed. I created a global team and a process to understand Cummins principles within other cultures around the world. I created a violations reporting process and taught many to be investigators. I also had some great opportunities to learn and teach at Cummins. I learned about, created, and taught many courses about diversity, equity, inclusion, and privilege. Also, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People taught me how to change my life to be more deliberate. The Seven Habits curriculum is a distillation of spiritual teachings from all thought leaders throughout time. I had always known I was here to make the world a better place and fight against discrimination in all its forms. I now had new tools to help me find more opportunities and the courage to do that. I use those learnings all the time. They've been central in my life. I went through a long process of, it's not okay to be a lesbian, to I have a right to be who I am, and eventually to I have a responsibility to live my truth. I went through years of coming out, trying to be authentic. However, there are still many times when it doesn't feel safe to be out. If it's not important with no impact on anyone, for example, like a few years ago when I was in Russia, I can choose to hide my sexual orientation. But if it matters, I must be out. I've always been inspired by Audre Lorde's writing, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. Other learnings have come from international travel and experiencing other cultures. We all do things differently. We think differently. We approach problems differently. We act differently. We can learn so much from those differences. And I feel deeply how connected we all are. Being gay informs my life every day. I decide how much of myself to share in almost every situation. Things got a lot better for a while and now the backlash is strong. In the last few weeks, a pastor in Texas has asked public officials to execute gays instead of celebrating Pride Month, per the Bible. In Florida, it is now illegal to say gay in the schools. 
In Arizona, there are threats to kill people at Target because they have a line of Pride products and to kill LGBTQ supporters. In Russia, there's a new wave of torture and humiliation for gays as it is part of the propaganda against the gays in Ukraine. In Senegal, a hundred citizens beat and stripped an American man and dragged him through the streets because he was dressed stylishly and they thought he was gay. Here in Indiana, our governor vetoed a bill to prevent trans girls from sports, but our legislators overturned that veto. On and on. Staying vigilant is still required. So this has all taught me a number of things which I strive to live up to as my spirituality. Because you never know what others are going through, be helpful. Don't judge them. Love is a verb and requires action. Respect everyone and all living things. In trying to contribute to making the world better, never pass up an opportunity to be productive and useful. Strive to be honest and authentic. Fight for those whose power is stolen. Keep learning and applying. Listen to my inner voice. Be inclusive always. What I focus on expands. Focus on the good. Be grateful always. Enjoy people and life. It's all we really have.